here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Urban Epiphany Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Soye. Wherever you are, whenever you are, thank you for joining me. I've got a few interesting topics to get into this week. Um, a lot more lighthearted than last episode. Uh, so let's just get into it. You see, I've had some time over the past two weeks or so to just look at a couple of streaming services. You know, HBO Max, Netflix, you know, all the stuff that's stealing our money. Uh, and I was checking out the story of the Tinder swindler. And it's something that a lot of people have been talking about, especially this past week. I've got a few opinions on it. And the public reaction to the women involved in the story is kind of interesting, too. Um, so let's just get into it. The Tinder Swindler, I'm not trying to spoil the whole story for you, so please check it out on Netflix. I'm not going to give you all the all the names and dates and everything like that. I'm just not going to ruin the experience for you, right? Um, so the main story revolves around these two women who are doing what everyone else has been doing, especially over these pandemic months. You know, just looking for love, right? Looking for companionship. And they've been striking out here and there. Again, like a lot of us are, I'm not trying to besmirch them or anything like that. And they come across this gentleman on Twitter. I said Twitter. that's crazy. <laughs> they come across this dude named Simon on Twitter who says his name is Simon Levayev, right? Who's supposedly the son of Lev Levayev, a.k.a. the King of Diamonds. You know, he's a billionaire, Russian-Israeli diamond mogul. You know, big-time stuff, right? And so, these women are automatically enthralled, you know? And they start off each of their stories by saying, hey, you know, this dude came up. We, we matched, you know, before we went on a date, I Googled him, right? You know, they Googled to check out what his story was. And it kept, you know, leading them to the father and his diamond business. And never really the son, but again, we'll get back into that later. So these women end up on dates with this dude and both their dates are very similar. You know, he... He wines and dines them. They end up on a private jet. You know, he's he's playing the part of, I'm that dude. I got this. My pockets are long. I'm good looking. My clothes are expensive. You're not going to find nothing else better than this. Not a day in your life. That's the way he's moving. But the story gets weird for me, and the red flags get weird for me, too. Especially with the first, the first woman. She tells us that she ends up on this plane with this dude and he tells her that he has a child with her and he, she ends up on this plane with the mother of the child and the child which is wild to me like i just met a person i'm not gonna be around your your the, the, you know your significant other your ex-significant other and your child upon first meeting what is that you know that's a fight waiting to happen so she says she's ended up on the plane with this lady and then they leave after they get to the destination and she's in the car with this woman now and the woman is just talking about how great of a father this dude Simon is which is weird people don't do this it's not a natural behavior which means that to me a lot of people just don't understand people right that's a that's a big that's a big thing for me here 
as far as the lessons are, as far as what the lessons are, right, with this story. People don't understand people. Because if you did, you wouldn't do certain things. So they both have the same story, this woman, of how they met this man over the course of a month or so. You know, he gets them to fall in love with him and he talks to them real sweet and tells them how much he loves them. And I'm sitting here again, red flag number two, like, whoa, a month? Ma'am, sir, I don't know you. A month? You could still be the killer in a month. You could still be the kidnapper in a month. Shoot, you could still be the kidnapper in six months. Like, a month? All that? So, we're here there. We're here again. As far as, all right, these people don't understand people because this doesn't make sense. Um, And then, what the story turns left is that he sends them pictures of a his bodyguard and this is this dude is this is a large dude he looks like he looks like every movie villains bodyguard you've ever seen in every action movie he looks just like that guy he's bald he looks like he's about 6'3 6'4 and spends most of his time in the gym benching like he looks like that guy and he, and he sends this woman these women pictures of this bodyguard all bloodied up talking about his enemies are after him and they they try to attack him but the bodyguard stepped in the way and can't use his credit card so he wants to know if they could send him I forgot what it was it was like $20,000 $30,000 like something that you wouldn't even fix your mouth to ask somebody on, 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 on an average day right and the women do it by any means they can one woman she you know she's just taking the money out of her life savings the other woman is taking out loans to finance a billionaire and so the question you gotta ask yourself is this right again people understanding people if you're the son of a billionaire or you have you know even a fraction of that money on hand you know what a billionaire is not gonna do when they need money call someone a lot poorer than them you mean to tell me that this man didn't have any other wealthy friends anywhere that could that could loan him money? He had to sit there and come to you, that average lady, working that average job, saving up her average coins? Seriously? Doesn't make sense, right? But again, love is blind. That's what they say. And these women, they, they go into doing it. He tells them that, you know, that he's going to wire the money. He's going to send the money back. Money never shows up. The women get upset. He promises promises to pay them again. And that goes on for a while. And then the, the first lady, she actually finds out who he is. Right? It was it was it was a it was a, like an accidental occurrence. I forget the entire story. Again, watch it, I'm not gonna ruin it, but she comes to find out exactly who this dude is. And then finally confronts him. And his tone changes. You know, he has a threatening manner. Oh, you're going to pay for messing with me. That type of talk. And he does the same thing with the second woman. I was floored. I was completely floored. And the thing is, like, they have this dude on tape. His voice is on tape and everything. Like, he's going around. He's got a, like, he's done a couple interviews, I think, now, where... He's saying, oh, that person is not him or that never happened. But they have you on tape, bro. Saying these things. They have you on tape asking for these things. Um, 
they have you perpetrating a fraud, like for real, that you're this dude. And I guess the last thing for me, I'm not gonna ruin the ending, but just the last thing for me in all of this is that when he's telling these women about these stories where my enemies are after me and they're sitting there tearing up and they're worried and they're crying and like, oh my God, what's going on with my, with my guy? And you gotta sit down and ask yourself, if a dude really has people after him like that, like if he really has nameless enemies, why do you wanna be part of that? Why, what's so bad about your life that that's the life you want? Where you could be stranded somewhere can't touch none of your money and then have to find someone poorer than you <laughs> right to get a loan from nonsense nonsense so the reaction toward these women as far as social media and things are concerned and they even showed some of that in the doc where you know they tried to out this dude because when they did get all their information and evidence their story straight they did go and have an article put out you know, in a real renowned magazine that everyone can see saying that, hey, this dude does this, watch out. And it was posted online as well. And in the comment section, you know, there was some there were supporters that was like, you know, oh, I hate that this happened to them. And oh, this guy needs to go to jail. And, you know, there was a lot of support there. But in the beginning, there was a lot of backlash. And a lot of people just called them gold diggers. And that's what they deserve. And and the like and I have to ask myself this I can't say that I'm I wasn't part of both parties in my reaction I I felt terrible I was like dang that's awful but I also said to myself that hey if this if y'all didn't think this dude was a billionaire or related to a, closely related to a billionaire y'all wouldn't have did that y'all wouldn't have did that at all y'all wouldn't have did, enough, did any of this you know a lot of this was that money talking to you? Not just the not just the love aspect, but that money was talking to y'all. So I'm not gonna sit there and say you're a gold digger, but I'm I'm. In fact, I can't really say most people, men and women, wouldn't come to benefit themselves or look for opportunity to benefit themselves if their significant other turned out to be rich and or wealthy. Like think about it. we always joke all the time. It's like, yo, what would happen if you if you if you broke up with your with your if you broke up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and then a week later you found out they won the Powerball and hit for like three hundred and fifty million. Man, you'd be texting back like, hey big head, I was playing, right? A lot of y'all would be doing that right now. So don't <laughs> you know, don't play like they're on their island all alone. But even when you believe someone is rich, it's just certain things that you have to look out for that if it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense like y'all both they both said they googled this man right which was my first thought i was like how y'all gonna get caught up if y'all googled this man but my thing was y'all didn't really google the man like you got his name cool and it took you to, you know, the the, the diamonds, the uh, um the, the diamond company, the Levi Diamond Company, cool. So when you were doing your Googles and his supposed father came up, you didn't check to see if his father had a son with that name? Like, 
I feel like there was like they were like two questions away from this never happening to them. And you know what's crazy? It, it makes me think about everything we've gone through as 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 a country, as black people, as white people, as, as everything as, as far as it as far as it comes with misinformation. Because it makes me now believe that it's not that people aren't looking or aren't googling things or aren't researching things, but maybe they're not researching the right thing, or they only reached far and they, they they reached a point where they said, okay, this is far enough. And they were two steps away from actually finding the truth about what they wanted to know. So in all that I say, the lesson for me from this, that whole Tinder Swindler story was, hey, if you gotta, if you gotta take five more minutes <laughs> to look at what you're looking at, take the five more minutes. You know, if, if you're looking up something and you think you got the answer, ask the extra question. Ask that one extra question that might save you a lot of pain and a lot of problems in the future. And I hope that never happens to anybody else. I really hope that doesn't happen to anybody else. Mind you, this dude, man, this dude, Simon, he's a wild boy, right? Because they found him. They banned him off of, you know, they took him off of, off of Tinder. He got himself right back on there. Got himself right back on there doing the same stuff. That's a, that's a wild boy. You, you out here, you know, you, when you're running scams and stuff like that on people, you gotta watch out, man. Cause think about think about the level of scams he was running. He was pretty much stealing from one woman to finance the life, the looking lifestyle, to pay for what he was doing for the next woman and the next woman and the next woman. You know, so he's stealing thirty k from one girl and using that thirty k to get the hotel and take the jet and pay for the dinner and whatever and then get the next girl's money to pay for the next like it was wild he didn't, he didn't really live anywhere he didn't have a house he was just moving from place to place he was never anywhere long that's why they couldn't catch him initially that's crazy yo I mean you have to think the dude's a smart dude so it's like okay what, what good could have you done in the world other than this right but hey, I, I'm not that dude. I'm not going to almost say it's like, yo, that's trash. That's trash, bro. Uh, so I'm going to move on to something else. See, like, there's a lot of Kanye in here today. And I got to preface it with, with man, uh, like this dude, Kanye West was the guy to me. You know, early 2000s up into Watch the Throne. Kanye was the dude to me, man. Couldn't tell me nothing about it. Couldn't tell me nothing about it. And not because, not because of anything that he necessarily said in the public. I, it was just that there was a dude with a dream and he fulfilled that dream. He told you about that dream before he was anywhere near it. And he saw it through to its fruition unapologetically. And that's why he was that dude to me. That's why. So, comes into the next show that I, I got a chance to watch. You know, just this, just just over the weekend, it was uh, the the first the first part of the Genius documentary that that shows the uh, I believe it's what about 
seven seven hours or 70 hours i forget the amount of time but it's a lot of it's a lot of early kanye videos put together in a documentary that spans about 10 years or so um so this first episode of the genius doc and it's genius spelled in the most kanye way you can think of uh in that first episode we get i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call him day one kanye right we get we get early kanye where he's before he dropped the college dropout he's been producing so he's done guess who's back for jay-z and scarface he's done izzo he's done the he's you know he's going through the black um the blueprint album he's done the tracks there so he has that notoriety as you know that producer the next producer and it, it's detailing his journey trying to get a record deal because he didn't just want to produce he wanted to rap now anybody who's been a fan of kanye has heard this story a thousand times in fact you've heard it at the end of his album about his journey and all the rejection and questions that came about him just trying to get people to believe in his music it also shows you a couple things that i like like to break down for you first of all his drive and his belief are incredible man those are rare people i think i, I have a few people in my personal life that i that i believe have that similar drive and and, and belief in themselves and and Kanye is no different. Kanye is no different. It, it, it actually warms your heart looking at that doc, seeing him looking at the camera driving, just driving with his mans in them, and telling him what he's what he's gonna be. Telling us, before, you know, after the fact, telling us before it ever happened, who he was gonna be. Telling us what we were gonna love. Telling us what he didn't have and what he was gonna have because he was never gonna stop. Man, that is, that is different. That is different. You see, we, you know, we're in that point in time in 2022 where, you know, everything is a cliche and a catchphrase, you know, so everyone's manifesting, you know, everyone's got a vision, you know, everyone's, everyone's putting those buzzwords into their life. You know, we're all meditating. You know, we all have, we're all, we're all smudging. We all have crystals now. We all have, no, this is just a dude. Back before any of this stuff ever mattered, this is a dude that said, hey, I have this talent. I believe in this talent. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to get mad that people aren't giving me what I believe I, I, I should have already earned. But I'm going to keep earning it. And I'm gonna keep pushing these people till one of them gets it. Because all I need is one. And once I get the one, I'm never looking back. And I know there's a lot of people out here right now. And whatever you're doing, and whatever you're doing, where that's all you need, right? All you need is that one person to see you how you see yourself. And once that one person says, yeah, I like this, this is what I want, you're the other person I want, you're never gonna look back. So 
says a lot, man. And it also says a lot about how many people are wrong about talent, about vision, about capability, about what you can create as a person. There's a lot of people that are wrong. Just because they've been there before you doesn't make them it doesn't make them experts in what's right and what's wrong. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of old gatekeepers in a lot of businesses and a lot of institutions. A lot of old gatekeepers. Just because they got in there first earlier on that they're the ones that tell us what's what's good, what's not, what's hot, what's over what's new, what's up next. Just because you've been there before doesn't mean that you know. Especially in the music business because it's the music business is, to me, for lack of a better term, it is still always controlled by the people even though people don't control the money. The reason I say that is when you make music, if, if artists were just making music for themselves or the people at the record label, it would be different. But artists make music for the people. Now, it happens where if there's a hot sound, you can kind of coach the people into what they're like. But for, you know, for the most part, the people have to tell you what they like. You can sit in the studio, you know, for 10 years come back out and be like yo this is gonna be hot they gonna love this and we might not like one song your joint might go double wood forget gold might be an afterthought not even a one-hit wonder you know so especially for, for aspiring artists out there and not just music artists but just artists in general you know you have to believe in yourself more so than anyone else does you have to and then while you're doing that, you still have to have the product that's going to back that belief up. All goes hand in hand. Um, the next thing in that Kanye doc that really, really got to me was the parts that they showed uh, with his mother, Donda. Um, again, just knowing what we know currently and seeing those those tender moments with his mother and, and actually looking at her before he was anything, you know, other than a producer and realizing that, yo, he, you might think he was his biggest fan, but his mother was right there with him. His mother was right there with him. You can tell that if he was frustrated, he could talk to her and he would feel good again. And you could tell that she just her that her heart just grew tenfold when he was in the room with her like they just bounced off each other just just that raw familial emotion and so understanding what he's lost in his life and how he viewed that loss in his life and it, it, it a lot of things currently make sense you know as much as you know it's easy just to sit back and Trash, trash is due in the media, and I'm not out here defending him for things that obviously he shouldn't have done or said. But you could understand why those things were able to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's something else I need people to understand here too. There's lessons within lessons. We teaching today, man. Yeah. 
people can do awful things, say awful things, and understanding why they did them doesn't defend the actions. Doesn't make the actions correct. Understanding why they did them can help us stop those actions from happening again, not only in those people, but in others. Just a thought. Just a thought. Um, the last thing the doc that was very evident for me was the odds of making it into the industry, the music industry, of actually being successful. So, if we look, if you look at that doc toward the end of the episode, you see, you know, all the little things Kanye was trying to do just to get noticed. You know, he he ran up into he didn't run up in there, but you know he went into the Rockefeller record offices, you know, playing um, "All Falls Down," and that's a hit single. Like that's that's a hit single. You know, we all remember um, Stacy Dash in the video. That is a hit single. And he's walking through the offices at Rockefeller and just playing that song for anybody who has an Iowa stereo in their office. And man, yo, I'm dating myself, but yo, that took me back, man. You, man, your your room as a teenager was not correct. Your room in college was not correct if you didn't have your little your little Sony or your little Iowa stereo with your two speakers and your your three cd changer in the middle which is with the with the two cassettes man it, it, your joint was not official it was not official anybody that knows that yo y'all dating yourselves too because you ain't with this young crowd but hey it's all good um so yeah he's he's running through playing the music for everybody who could play it and they're not even bumping to it they're just like eh, whatever uh, this is cute. Oh, you did that? Uh, nice. You know, they weren't even paying him no mind. Then he goes down to uh, to Rockers Records. You know, his he's he's man his man's in them. You know, he's friends with um Tyler Kwali most deaf. You know, so they got the A and R over there at Rockers Records and he wants to sign on. He's like, yo, I feel it, this is perfect. But he has to convince somebody else to spend that money too. Which they didn't do. Right? Then he had to run around, meet up with some other people from MTV, who were like he and, and talked about he wanted to, he wanted to get onto a show for people who were next up. He wanted to get an interview done. And they said, "Oh yeah, well I know some couple people over there. You know what? You should talk to that person. You know they're saying you should talk to Sway, or you know he knows Sway and Sway knows these people. He could put a word in for you and talk to that person." And then you realize that, yo, Kanye getting into the industry as a rapper was him being fortunate enough to have certain relationships to get him what he was looking for. A lot of people don't even have any of those relationships. Think about that. A lot of people don't. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, things are different now. You know, you can do a lot of things yourself. You don't necessarily need a deal. You know, to get heard or get popular, you know, get signed, get money. You know, there's, a, there's not a lot of people who are out independent, um, but there's a few people that are. You know, we know Brent Fires. Brent Fires a dude. He's independent. Um, he's got a sound that, that, that people like. It's, it's a little different than, you know, your normal R&B type of situation. 
but it works and it, and it moves and he has the freedom to do what he wants to do. You know, that's, but that doesn't happen for everybody. That doesn't happen for everybody. So you realize how hard it is to get into the music industry and be successful. You know, it's just like getting into the NBA or the NFL. You know, that percentage is low. So that's what was crazy to me because I'm just sitting here like, yo, y'all was just sitting on a gold mine. Didn't even know what to do with yourselves. Just sitting on it. And it wasn't until it wasn't until the MTV thing that they had to push Dame Dash to sit there and be like, oh, okay. All right, let's sign this dude. This dude, he got a little buzz. Let's go pick this dude up because, you know, we already got him in the back pocket. And knowing Dame, he was probably like, all right, yo, we sign him. If it don't work out, he's still going to make beats for us anyway. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So, that was a crazy thing to me. And, and for real, that was just one episode. It was supposed to be three parts. Uh, I believe the third, the, I mean, I think the second part, sorry. I think the second part is supposed to be at the end of this week. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, moving along. The next issue dealing with Kanye, and the last issue for this podcast right now, because, you know, talking about this dude outside of music is taxing. Um, so uh, Pete Davidson was on, went on SNL. And had a little reply for Kanye since Kanye's been on a little, been on a little tour, you know, a little social media tour, pretty much saying whatever he wants to say, putting out different tweets or uh, uh, screenshots or text messages and things like that. And just like anyone, you know, after a while, you're going to get sick of it and feel like you have to say something, you know. So here we have Pete Davidson on SNL. You know, he has a couple of jokes with Kanye, you know, some of the jokes leading towards his mental health, you know, telling, you know, talking about how Kanye said, you know, since he's been off the mess, he feels like, the, you know, he feels like the real him. And he's just like, you know, maybe you should stay on those. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, shoot, I feel great on mine. You should, you should get back on those, bro. Like, you know, it was cute. And, you know, he's, so he's on, he's, he's, he's on TV and, you know, there's a live audience. So they're laughing. You know, got the laughs in the back and everything's cool. Great. That's nice. And after I, after I saw the clip, I just thought to myself a little bit. I was just like, yo. Like I said all the time, that needs to be out of the public eye. Anything that goes on between them needs to be out of the public eye. The reason I said this is because... And even though he earned the roasting, because like, I'm not going to sit there and say Kanye didn't earn the roast or something, right? And yes, even though he sat there and he said things on social media and whatnot for all of us to, to, to sit there and share our opinions about and assume and not assume and whatever it may be. Pete's reply, man, it hit a little different for me because you got an audience behind that. You know... You know, it's almost like it's almost like it's a it's a it's a it's a battle rap, right? It's a bat it's a battle rap competition, right? You got two dudes out there. It might not even battle rap, man. Not even like that, you know. Two just might be dudes in a little cipher, but we gonna keep it with the battle rap, right? So it's two dudes they're battling. Someone spitting this hot sixteen, other dude spitting this hot sixteen, you know. 
One dude is there by himself, right? So he just, you know, he's sitting there, he getting his shots in, and this shit's strong, right? Other dude feel it. He's like, all right, I feel you, I feel you, I got you. The boss was hard, it was hard. Then he starts going there. But instead of him by him being by himself, he's got like 10 of his mans with them. A couple girls on the side that know him, right? So when he hits you with a punchline, they hit you with that, ooh. They laughing, they pointing, whatnot. It hits you different. It's real time. It hits you different. You know, it might make you a little shaky. Might make you a little shaky. You might shrink on the pressure, or you might get mad, say something wild, or try to do something wild. Right? You might swing on a dude. You never know. <laughs> if you want to see, it made me think of stuff. If you want to see a, a a funny, unfortunate clip. Um, Google, Google, oh, you mad? Because I'm styling on you. Right? It's, it was this, it's that type of scenario. Rap battle. Two dudes are sitting there. Giving they, giving they bars. The first dude goes, and you know, it's hard. And there's a little ooh, a little ah in the back. Then the other man came through. You can tell more people in there was with him, right? My man sat there and said, oh, you mad? Because I'm styling on you. If you had fresher clothes, you could have styled them on me. <laughs> Plus the callus on me. And the other dude was tight because of the background. Everybody's like, whoa. Ah. You know, he's, he's getting killed. And once the dude said he had the gun on him, homie got mad and swung on him and put him on the floor. That's the type of situation this can kind of go into, right? It's a little different when, you know, you got jokes on somebody in real time. You got people in the back laughing. And, you know, he, he Kanye watches stuff. And it's the same dude who got mad because South Park, you know, South Park, South Park hit him with a few jokes in the episode way back when, when he was wilding. Happens. Right? So, you know, he saw it. So, first, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, ooh, his reaction to this might not be good, man. It's, that wasn't the way. You know, that wasn't it. And then the second thing for me was that in this hypersensitive time that we live in, it's, it, it's weird to me how mental health jokes are okay to make for some, but not for all, right? Because I, I thought that was one of those like taboo spaces. Like, you know, when most people talk about mental health now, they really sit there and they handle it with kid gloves and walk on eggshells around it. You know, if, if someone's acting a little unstable, they, they, they don't go in 100% and critique them like they normally would or roast them or have all the jokes and stuff because it's just like, this might be a mental health thing. I don't want this to blow back on me. But here we got Pete Davidson looking at it, just joking on the mental health and we all laughing. We're all laughing. And so I was just like, eh. We shouldn't joke about this because if something bad happens, we're gonna like look at this moment in time and then everyone's gonna be like, oh, we feel bad. I guess we shouldn't have did that. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not how it works. So I just found that interesting how some of us can get away with those type of things and then the rest of us can't get away with those type of things. If you know what I'm saying. See, this is me tiptoeing around subjects. <laughs> See what I mean? Just like that. Yo, and then the last thing with this dude is that um, little young girl that Kanye been running around with, she split from him. I mean, it's not like we didn't expect that to happen, right? 
you know, I mean, I mean, to me, she was just icing on a cake, right? And not the good icing either, not the delicious icing. She, just, she was just the icing on the cake, maybe like it was too thick. At some point in time, that was going to get removed off the cake so you could actually, you know, enjoy yourself. Maybe she looks at it a different way. I don't know. Not this person, this girl. All I know is that we all know that she was being used for situation. She knew she was being used for situation. She used it to a benefit, and she did. Like we all knew it was going to happen. So, please, whoever's around that man, if you call that man your friend, right? If you call that man your friend, lock him in a room, sit down with this dude, talk to him out of a place of love, not spite, and make him actually really think about whatever it is that he's doing. Because nothing he's been doing in, for lately ha is having the positive outcome that he wanted to have. Outside of business, I'm not talking about business. You know, he can do whatever he wants with his business. That dude has money all over the place and that's because he's been doing things the way he wants to do them. That's fine. But that personal life stuff, yo, keep that out of public eye. Handle that a different way. You got kids, bro. You have children. And once you got children, you have to move a little different. I don't have kids. I can't tell you exactly how to move. All I know is you shouldn't be out here wilding. Because it's 2020 and 2042. It's 2022. In 2042, when your kids are old enough and they can look at and research and see pictures and things, because unless all the servers everywhere across the planet reset. Yo, this internet thing is forever. Whatever's up here can be found or saved. And I don't think you want that out there because you're gonna have a lot, to, a lot of explaining to do, bro. And that's just not for him, that's for everybody. You know, we all do things that we're not proud of from time to time, hopefully not consistently. If you are, then check yourself. But, yo, there's a lot of things that we do out here that won't go away when we get older. Unlike, you know, people in generations past. You feel me? Live right. Move right. Or at least to the best of your ability. And lastly, so just so you know what day it is, I, I, I've been sitting there, it's it's uh, it's Saturday, so I I sat there and I said to myself, you know, I, I wanna watch um I wanna watch All-Star Weekend. Right, I'm gonna watch All-Star Saturday night. Now I was out, I was running a few errands, so I missed the skills competition. They said it was new. I heard the Cleveland dudes won. That's terrific. You know, one in the home one in the hometown. Nothing like it, gives yourself a little extra coins in the bag. Go have some fun at wherever you have fun at in Cleveland. I don't know. I didn't think Cleveland was fun. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, got to the three-point competition. Saw Car Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves take that. I, I wasn't surprised, but it, I was surprised in the fashion when she did it. Stepped out there in the final, put up 29, and was like, I who coming in second and I was just like okay respect respect I love the little tribute he, he did to his brother he thanked the NBA because they they have a, a policy against wearing jewelry 
um, during a competition like that, but they let him wear his mother's chain. At least that's how it's reported. Again, I'm just sharing. <laughs> um, but they let his mother, they let him wear a chain, you know, they let him wear his mother's chain. I thought that was a, a, a dope tribute. And to go out and win like that, that's what's up. You know, so salute to that, man. Then we came to the dunk contest, man. Oh, man. It's the worst dunk contest we've seen in years. By far. Um, and I feel like this happens every four years or so. The dunk contest turns out to be just really, really terrible. And then the NBA has to find out some way to fix it. Because they don't want to get rid of it. Because we like dunks. Who doesn't like a good dunk? We all love dunks. We sit there and we will watch SportsCenter 10 times over just to see the top 10 because we want to know that the dunk that we love, what number it landed on. We want to see the highlights of the game just so we can see the dunk again. You know? I mean, a couple great dunks from last season, especially a bunch by Anthony Edwards, who I really feel should have been the dunk contest because that boy gets up. He gets up. Period. Um, but... It was trash, I, and, and you know the contestants. They had Cole Anthony from the Orlando Magic, Obi Topper from the Knicks. He ended up winning. Go Knicks! But yeah, you know uh, they had Toscano Anderson. I forgot his first name because eh, um, from the Golden State Warriors, and they had Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets and I thought Jalen Green was going to come in there and smoke everybody Jalen Green has bounce Jalen Green's got bunnies he got Jalen Green's it, it, it's, it's, it's like he has helium in his, in his sneakers it's, it's crazy how high he gets when he dunks so I'm sitting there thinking oh it's in the bag for this young man you know it's, it's over watch that dunk contest and just watched Watched him disappear into nothingness. I watched Cole Anthony sit there and take 18 dunk attempts. Now I'm over exaggerating, but it felt like 18 dunk attempts in a pair of Tim's in his father's Nick jersey. Oh, oh, it was painful. It was painful. And that's coming, you know, coming off the, the Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady dunk contest. The, dunk contest with Blake, you know, Blake Griffin in there, the dunk contest with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, like, we've seen some great All-Star Weekend dunk contests as of late, but man, this was disappointing, it was disappointing, and it all leads to the fact that the NBA needs bonafide stars in that contest, they need bonafide stars in that contest, they need to change the rules again where this 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 technical definition of what a dunk attempt is oh he didn't have control of the ball no 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 you got like two attempts you have to make a dunk if you don't make a dunk too bad you're at that's how it used to be and that's and, uh, my boy put it in the group chat and it just reminded us, uh, it reminded me of the greatness of the dunk contest. He, he said Vince Carter did four, you know, clean dunks, one try. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't some, oh, he missed. Oh, okay, he's going to go again. Like, remember the Nate Robinson dunk contest where he did that, he, he attempted that dunk, it felt like 10 times. 
by then we were just like, yo, can he make this so we can go home? Like, oh, like, oh. Right? So, so, this All-Star Week and this All-Star Saturday night, I call it NBA All-Star meh. That's what that is. It was just meh. It lacked the punch. It lacked the star power that we look for when, when we're looking at All-Star Weekend. And I hope they do something better. Because I don't, I don't want, I, I would hate for the All-Star Weekend to be just the game or just a celebrity game, an All-Star game. You know, it's, it's, it, it'd be boring and it won't be worth it. And we love basketball here at the Urban Piffing Podcast. We love basketball. So, you yeah, know, nah, come on, NBA. Come on, Adam Silver. Doing your job, boy. And that's going to lead us to today's epiphany. And really, it's just a rehash of what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about the Kanye doubt. You have to believe in yourself harder than anyone else will. You have to. But not only that, the belief isn't enough. You actually have to have the skill, the product, the talent to back up that belief. See, that's the thing a lot of, a lot of people don't tell you again in this in this in this culture of, of of vision boards and manifestations, you know, seeing it before it happens, believing it before it happens, you still there's still work that you have to put in. There's still things that you have to have to put yourself in a position where someone's gonna believe you. They're not gonna believe you on thin air. You still got to have that in your back pocket. Think about Kanye talking about, yeah, I'm going to be a great rapper. I'm a great rapper. I'm a great rapper. I'm a great rapper. And they say, okay, where's your songs at? And he's like, oh, I don't got them. I don't have them. Oh, I only have no tracks for them. I don't got no beats for them either. But they're going to be great. No one's listening to you. Right? So, yes, believe in yourself harder than anyone else will and make sure that you have what you need to back it up when the time comes that's all I got for y'all today again I'd like to thank y'all for joining me at the Urban Epiphany Podcast please please if you have any thoughts anything that you think we should add anything that you want to talk about Hit me up on Twitter at UEPod. Hit me up on Instagram at Urban Epiphany Pod. Or you can write to us via email at the Urban Epiphany Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Urban Epiphany Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great afternoon. Just have a great time. Enjoy yourself. And as always, you're